Welcome to Back to Us, the podcast. Join us, Lynn and Carolyn, as we decompress after leaving the fire and brimstone of evangelical spaces. Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode zero of Back to Us. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. We're definitely filming this or taping this out of order because we actually taped our first full episode and in... ADHD fashion, I thought, oh, instead of actually finishing this and editing it and posting it, I can just do a whole different episode and work on that instead. (laughs) So no, I I thought it'd be interesting for us to do like a shorter little intro so you guys can decide if you want to commit to listening to us for more than 15 minutes. (laughs) Does that make sense? It's very in keeping with the nature of our podcast, though, isn't it, Carolyn, that it's out of order? Oh, I think so. (laughs) I think so. And I think we didn't really uh, explain our relationship very much in the first episode either. So the issues we wanted to explore, we've actually been having some really good conversations. And I know that there's other people out there that have been through what we've been through and are going through what we're currently going through. Um, namely the deconstruction that comes along with growing out of an evangelical tradition. So we're both going through that, but kind of in different ways. But also we do want to talk about neurodiversity as well, because we're both neurodiverse individuals. I never know whether to say, are we neurodiverse or neurodivergent? I think neurodivergent. I'm new to this term. I was Googling the verbiage on that and I'm still unsure also. (laughs) We're the, whatever that is, that's what we are, though. I think it's so important. And family dynamics, too, as much as we're comfortable getting into, I know that we need to maybe change names to protect the innocent or guilty, as the case may be. <laughs> it's kind of keeping about, like, I guess a lot of this comes down, like, we'll be talking so much about, like, religion and everything, but it seems that a lot of it will come down to identity and how that stems from our upbringing and not even like intentional upbringing by our nuclear family, but just, yeah, I guess familial things that uh, impacted us in our adult life and how we interpret our childhood and how we hold on to or consciously let go of things that are no longer helpful to us as adults. Yeah, exactly. Am I on, Carolyn? Am I correct? Oh, yeah. 100%, 100%, Hundo P. And it's funny, we we're talking today about like the title of the podcast, which we were waffling on for quite some time. And I really like it because back to us, that really just describes kind of the, the journey. I know that sounds like cheese ball, but I don't really know another way to put it because it is. It's a winding road away from the fire and brimstone <laughs> and back toward, I say back towards who we were, but because we both grew up with this, uh, I want to say being forced on us. Now, I know that our parents did what, you know, they raised us the way that they felt was the best way to raise us. So I don't think they, in a nefarious way, forced it on us, but it was the water we were swimming in. It's how we grew up. So it affected our identity, how we view ourselves, how we view the world around us. So it feels kind of weird to say we're coming back to ourselves because I think it's just discovering who we were to begin with because we didn't have, you know, the luxury to really be free to discover who we are without the evangelical ways of thinking and it just kind of seeps into every single aspect of life even aspects of life that I didn't really consider but I thought it'd be interesting too that to sort of talk about our relationship because we've been we've been fairly close for a while I think you were about like 14 or 15 by the time we were more close 
I remember being really impressed because like, I think at one point you were talking about like a boy you liked in high school, but then you were like, let's be honest, this is a high school relationship. It's not going to matter. <laughs> I was like, that is so much self, like self-awareness from like a young person. <laughs> That's not how I was in high school. I was like, this matters. <laughs> That's like really nice to hear that I had some sense of uh, clarity at any point in my life. <laughs> you did. I think you did. Carolyn's friendship beyond blood can, blood relations has been like your your friendship and just sisterliness has just been so wonderful in my life. And I'm trying to remember like what was even the reason we got so close. I don't know. I, I feel like it was yeah, boy things, anxiety that was probably when a lot of our like uncertainties as teenagers were kicking in, and we were oh yeah, I remember talking a lot about like uncertainties about career and life and our actually this stuff to our parents expectations Mm -hmm. so I think these themes have been long brewing but yeah yeah, we're just very similar people yeah I think we sort of metabolize things in a similar way like emotionally and and however else I I remember even when I had left the church because I left before uh before Lynn left I left probably about 15 years ago now, I remember talking to you and I never felt like, I didn't really feel judged. I, I could sense you were worried sometimes, but it never felt like, it didn't feel like it did with some of the other family members where it was like, how do we get her back? You know, it was like, it felt like you actually valued our relationship. I know I don't want to say that our family didn't value yeah. my relationship because I know that they did in their own way, but it just didn't feel with you that there was this, this sense of like, you know, it felt like we could still have a relationship and still have a, a friendship. And that was really, I was always really, um, really happy about that too. I'm happy that you feel that way, honestly. Like, oh, <laughs> it just really warms my heart. Cause I remember, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I just don't see, I feel like everybody's got to come to their own conclusions mm-hmm. in their life. I'm just really happy that you feel that way. Cause I do love you. Yeah. Aw, I love you too. Cause I, never wanted you know our beliefs or anything to be a a barrier or anything like that between and you and me or between myself and anybody really like and I appreciate yeah. hearing my side of things and hearing like my story and like letting you explain my beliefs without like shutting me out as well because I know it's I know I think actually Carolyn I think you and I have been very careful with how we talk to each other because we love each other mm. like, we're not you said it in the last episode like we're not trying to convert each other like I think we both just try to have respect and love for each other, understanding like this is what I believe, this is what you believe, but there are common threads in our life story because we're from the same family, mm-hmm. like that we're able to come to our own beliefs. I think that's kind of like the core at what we're getting at here, more like examining how we were able to find our, like how we're coming to our own identity and how we have struggled to even form our own beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like sometimes we're treated in a similar way by uh, certain people, even though I left the church completely altogether. And, but you just went to a different church. You just are in a different denomination now with some like kind of minor differences. And it's funny because they like the similarities with how we were kind of treated to me was a little bit mind boggling. It's not surprising, but um yeah, it was just really strange. It is true. And I got like the most acceptance actually, like with because I was in the military and I was in the chaplain corps. Like 
the army chaplains who were evangelical were super like didn't even think it was that big of a deal Mm. I don't know maybe just because like their job is to talk to they talk to people of all different backgrounds who come to them not just you know like if they're Christian they come to them as kind of like I want some Christian advice like based in Christianity but people come to them for psychiatric stuff for just general life stress so they're used to talking to people of all backgrounds so I I don't know I just found that they were maybe just because they've talked to so many different types of people it was just less judgy yeah but yeah, I noticed that, like, I'm sure there's people that think that I'm, you know, destined for, I, we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> we will. But that was one of the things that I think also brought us closer together. But I was thinking the other day, and I was looking through one of my old journals, Lynn, I think you came with me to the very last time I was ever in an evangelical church. Really? Yeah. This was um, the anniversary party. Mm-hmm. So we had our grandparents, 50th, 60th? 60th. 60th anniversary. This is a while ago. I think 2013 was the year. It was the last time I went in a church. I remember just feeling like my chest was going to cave in. And I didn't really understand why, but I walked in the building and I just felt so anxious and panicky. And like, I just wanted to, I had this, this instinct that just kept saying like, run, run, run. But I'm like, no, obviously this is a family thing. We're not running. But I remember staying with you the whole time because, like, I was just so anxious and I couldn't keep it locked down. And I, I don't know if I said I was bored. I said, like, let's play a game or something. And you're, you were like, I know a game. Do you remember this? No. And <gasps> Wait. No, no, no. Continue. So we have, we had the pamphlet. I don't know if I call it a program or a pamphlet, but the little pamphlet they give you when you go to church. And so the game basically is you pick a word that the pastor says and you just keep track of the number of times that he says that word and do you remember what word you picked was it sin it was sin yes (gasps) sin for 800 oh my gosh (laughs) and i'm pretty sure oh i should have gotten i still have it i I held on to it and i think he said yeah i still have it (laughs) because i came across it and i i had the little like ticks like i'm like i'm counting days in prison and i'm pretty sure he said sin like 52 times or something parents anniversary like what in the world? <laughs> Two people in your congregation that have been going to your, going to your church forever. You know they're having their party, and you choose to preach about it was about something about sin or something like that. Yes. I remember, what, as I was growing up in the church too. I remember I never liked the actual church services. I always felt either you know bored or just vaguely threatened. I took so many bathroom breaks. It was ridiculous. And we're finally getting to the bathroom and just feeling so much relief. Not because I needed to go to the bathroom, but because I was out of the service. I was kind of in a safe space. I remember there was always like terrible wallpaper and gross silk flowers and really bad like air freshener. But I I, like memorized every part of the wall in the bathroom, just buying enough time, but not too much so that I was suspicious because everyone would always turn and look when you got up in in our church, when you got up to use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. But like bought just enough time, you know, to decompress and then go back. But like, I guess my thought is too, with our, with this podcast, I want this to be a church bathroom for people. I would love this to be like a space people can go. And, you know, if listening to our experiences helps, and if anyone who's listening wants to dialogue with us about your experience, I think that that's so important. Did you ever feel that sort of sensitive of anxiety in church at all? 
Yeah, especially about like being watched. And this this could be part of my own like psychological condition. Again, something to explore perhaps that was aggravated by our environment. I did feel that I was watched or like sometimes I didn't want to go to the bathroom because I knew that people were going to Yeah. I got up um that my behaviors are watched. There was one Sunday where I didn't want to take communion because I had my own reasons. I just didn't feel that I was ready to do that. And I, people were like asking my parents if I was okay. Like it was, that was really upsetting to me. Cause I remember just wanting to shrink into my own corner and being like, why am I watched? Like, why does it matter? Like I appreciated the concern for my spiritual well being, but yeah, being watched, being judged, which can happen, I believe, in any any really social gathering of any kind. But yeah, I do remember feeling worried about that. And that's something that I've had to stop worrying about. But yeah, no, I, I remember feeling uncomfortable about that and sometimes holding my pee because I didn't want to get up. Oh, no. And I wonder if this is stuff that even my family now, because my family is no longer part of that tradition, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty certain there are people in my family circle that would probably remember that and was that the time where somebody asked you why because you were young right and they asked you I think why you didn't want to do communion what did you say I don't know what I said do you remember yeah you said something I thought this was really good you told me anyway that you'd said something along the lines of like because my heart doesn't feel like it because there's isn't there a verse that says something about how your heart should be right with God before you partake in communion Yes, and interesting, perhaps, an orthodox mind in the making. I'm still struggling to acquire the orthodox mind. But, um, like, our interpretation is that, like, you know, we do go to, in the Russian tradition, you do go to confession every time before you take communion. Um, others don't, like, like, like Greeks, and I think maybe Romanians, and I, I don't know. But we do it as a preparatory thing to cleanse ourselves. And, and also, like, you can't confess also if you're not right with other people. So really as a prerequisite to receiving the body and blood of Christ, like you need to make sure that you are right with people. And I remember that that was my reason for not taking communion, even though at that time I didn't believe it was truly the body and blood of Christ. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe I was wondering about that, but I remember feeling, cause maybe, I think I might've heard it in a sermon somewhere in the evangelical church that, that you should make yourself right and clear up grievances with other people before you approach communion. Mm. I remember feeling like there was somebody that I wasn't right with or like somebody in my family that I needed to like smooth things over with and so I felt like if I'm gonna take communion like this is like a Mm -hmm. I just remember feeling like that was kind of like a big deal so yeah and I I thought that was a really great response that you had even at at like a young age you were you know it just didn't feel right and you're like this doesn't feel right I don't want to do this today and people couldn't that just didn't compute for some reason it was really funny like I don't know if that would have happened like in every single church but I I do remember that actually it was very like and I yeah again I just wanted to shrink back in in the pew and just disappear because it was a personal thing and I remember feeling like it was shaming my parents oh so shame yeah I mean there was a lot of shame a lot of watching um yeah that's some of the stuff I think that impacted us psychologically, emotionally, developmentally, probably. For sure. Yeah. And that's why when I walk in those spaces, I mean, I haven't had to um, lately, but like the panic just rises, you know, and, and 
I remember just think, assuming I was being overdramatic, but like it's years of all of that building up of, you know, feeling those ways and kind of just being pushed off to the side or, you know, feeling ridiculous, feeling like, like you can't talk about how it is you're actually feeling, you know, it really does take a toll. So um, I'm really glad that we're doing this. And um, I just think it's been really good having these conversations. We've been able to to remember certain things and and heal together. <laughs> Healing together. We've been, we've both been in not even just this, but several other things like, you know, in our relationship, I think Carolyn and I have both been a shoulder to lean on in various aspects of our life. And so I'm really excited to like explore these things and maybe open dialogues with listeners, future listeners, if we have any. Mm-hmm. All two of them. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time, my dear. Mm-hmm.